Hey friends, this is Pastor Elizabeth, and you're listening to the Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear the first sermon in our Advent series, Close to Home, in which we're exploring the ways our true home is in God, and God makes a home with us in the Incarnation. The focus of this sermon is Jesus's apocalyptic speech in Luke 21, telling us to be ready for when he comes again. I preached it on Sunday, November 28, 2021. I hope that while you're listening, you might hear something that draws you closer to the heart of God. Here we go. Now, I grew up going to camp every summer, and I loved it. It was by far my favorite week of the year, but there was a particular rhythm to the week. Uh, Of course, the week before was spent getting ready, making sure I had everything I could possibly need in my duffel bag. And often I would take two or three of those things in case anybody else forgot one. You know, you just wanted to be prepared. And then my parents would drop me off at camp on Sunday afternoon, and I'd spend the evening getting to know my counselor and the other kids in my cabin. And I would tell myself the whole afternoon, this is going to be great. This is going to be the best week ever. And I'd go to sleep Sunday night, snug in my bunk, nervous, but hopeful. But by Monday morning, I could barely hold back tears as I missed home. I could barely eat breakfast. None of the activities we had planned for the day sounded fun. I was certain that everyone else at camp had come with their best friend, and I had no one. By afternoon, I would mail home a letter that said, Camp is horrible. (laughs) It's torture. I have no friends, and there's no one that's even a potential friend. It's awful. There's no way I can survive this week. Please come get me now. And over the years, my parents learned to ignore that first letter. And if one came the next day, to ignore that too. After that, I would be having too much fun to write home. It would indeed be the best week ever. And by the end of the week, my tears would flow again, not because I hated camp, but because I couldn't bear the thought of leaving of potentially never seeing these dear best friends again. It had inevitably been a week to remember. I was simply a kid who got homesick. I don't know about for you, but for me, it wasn't just camp in my elementary years. I got homesick on high school trips. I got homesick when I went to college. I got homesick when I went to graduate school. I got homesick when we moved to the Northwest. Whether I was traveling on my own or with my best friend or eventually even with my husband, even after my parents moved away from the town I grew up in and I wasn't even sure where home was located, my heart longed for it. And as we enter in this Advent season, we're reminded in this story in Luke's gospel that we can feel homesick even when we're at home. Because all of us were created for more than this. For a world beyond what we see. For a world in which all people have what they need. 
and peace reigns, and violence is no more, and diversity is celebrated, and love is the currency of the day. We're created to long for a home where the wealth gap and the education gap and all the other gaps are closed, and justice rolls down like water, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Sometimes, even if our lives are going as well as they possibly could be, when we have gotten everything we ever wanted, if we're still and quiet enough to listen to the voice deep within and honest about what we hear, we might still feel a twinge of homesickness for Eden, for the kingdom of God, for all to be made well and made right and made whole. We might feel homesick for the full presence of God. Now, when we come to church on the first Sunday of Advent, having already eaten both our turkey and our leftovers, having begun, if not finished, our holiday shopping, Many of us, having decorated our homes and moved ourselves right into the Christmas season, we might expect to be singing joy to the world and hearing about how there was no room in the inn for Joseph and the very pregnant Mary. We might be ready to get on with Christmas, especially if we started our holiday preparations around Halloween. And we think we are ready for the joy and hope and peace and love that Christmas brings, especially in a year like this. Then we hear this strange story from near the end of Luke's gospel, just before the end of Jesus' life, not the beginning. And we might feel both confused and disappointed. What on earth is Jesus talking about here? And why are we talking about it today? The holidays are for happy times and silent nights and sweet visions of the baby in the manger, if not also sugar plums dancing in our heads. So this reading from Luke feels a little off. But it's part of a larger speech that Jesus gives near the end of his ministry in response to someone who was first bragging about how beautiful the temple was, and how well it was decorated. Jesus said, all this is going to be demolished. It might be beautiful, but it won't last. But the temple had taken years to build and was really a wonder to behold. Its destruction would be a huge event, a catastrophe, a disaster of epic proportions, something they couldn't even imagine. So they asked Jesus, when? When will this happen that the temple is destroyed? And how will we know that it's coming? And this prompted Jesus to give kind of a long speech about the signs that would help people know that he was coming again, that the things of this world would be passing away and a new world would be ushered in. And the speech, which begins well before the section that Jenny read for us this morning, talks about wars and earthquakes, famine and epidemic, the kinds of things that people have long used to try to predict the end of the world. And it's not an altogether pretty picture. There's harassment and betrayal and judgment. And that's why so much talk about Jesus' second coming has inspired fear and trepidation. 
It's no wonder that folks have for centuries looked at the world news and tried to match up what's happening now with what Jesus mentions in Luke 21. Because Jesus says we should be ready when all this takes place. And no one wants to get left behind. In some ways, that attempt to match things up with current events even makes sense. I mean, we can point to many instances of war and earthquake, famine, epidemic, harassment, betrayal, and judgment, probably in today's paper alone. And we might think, surely this is it. It won't get worse, will it? But then Jesus says, people are going to faint from fear and foreboding, but then you'll see me coming with power and splendor. So stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is near. He says, sure, it's, it's normal to be afraid when this stuff happens. It's scary and it's way out of your control. But you don't need to cower in fear because I'm going to show up right in the middle of it. And that is good news. I'm coming not to smite you, but to redeem you. I'm coming to make everything right. So he says, get ready. Prepare your hearts. Open yourselves up to the possibility of wholeness and redemption. Pray that the kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. You don't want to miss this because you're drunk or distracted. You don't need to be scared about being left behind, but you won't want to miss the beauty and splendor and power and righteousness and justice that I'm bringing. You'll want a front row seat for this. Jesus says it's not if, but when everything turns around and you will find a home that satisfies your heart's deepest desires, one that lasts into eternity. And we read this story at the beginning of Advent to remind us that this season isn't just about a sweet baby in a manger, but that that baby is the savior of the world who promises he's coming to be our home, even as he creates a home here on earth. It's to remind us that God isn't just about silent nights in which there's a fire in the fireplace and snow gently falling, when children are snug in their beds and all seems right. That's not the way the Savior comes. So if you can't imagine that scene in your home this year, if you can't afford the perfect scene, or if your children are going back and forth between parents' households, or if someone in your family is sick and you're taking turns keeping vigil, if you have to work this Christmas because your company's understaffed, if you're spending this season lonely or afraid, Jesus still comes. He tells this story in part to say, I don't just show up when everything feels perfect when you've rehearsed all the music for a month and you've dressed in your best clothes and everything is decorated with twinkle lights. But I come when you need redemption the most, right in the middle of anxiety and depression, in the middle of partisan divides, when borders are closed and families and friends don't know if or when they will hug each other again, 
He says, I come right in the midst of broken relationships and loneliness and mental illness and addiction. I show up in homeless encampments and in the long line at the food bank. I come in the midst of war and natural disaster when rivers flood their banks and forests are destroyed by fire. I come right in the middle of economic uncertainty and pandemic, even with new variants that scare the hell out of everyone. He says, you don't have to worry if you don't have a silent night this year. It's okay to feel homesick, even for a place you've never been, because that is precisely when I show up. And when I come, I always bring redemption. It's kind of a weird story, especially to read at this time of year. But maybe it's precisely what we need to hear this Advent season, because it's a story of hope. Hope that whether or not we found a home here on earth, whether or not we have a place to go that makes our hearts sing, whether or not our homes are picture perfect this holiday, there's a better day coming, a better home awaiting us. And Jesus says it will break forth any minute now. The redemption of the world that began at the manger didn't end there. And Jesus says, stand up, raise your head, get ready, open your heart and look around. Watch for the signs that I'm on the way because you won't want to miss this. It's going to be good. Amen. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Faith Church Podcast. If what you heard was meaningful to you, please share this podcast with a friend. If you have any questions, or if we can support you on your spiritual journey in some way, don't hesitate to reach out through our website at www.faithunited.org. Tune in next week for the second sermon in our Close to Home series in which we focus on laying the foundation for our lives, and we'll all prepare our hearts for Christmas together. Until then, take care.